you know, and it, it messed with my yeah. mind. And yeah. I think if you aren't aware of the things that are going on in your mind and your mindset, yep. you can never get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't figure out, okay, why am I having this blockage? Or, you know, why, or why am I saying I'm going to lose this? Because I deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't work hard for it because... I went to school long enough to where I don't have to work right. hard for it. Right. Just accept it and mm-hmm. embrace it. And but I couldn't get to the next level mm-hmm. financially mm-hmm. until I let go mm-hmm. of the things from the past. Welcome to the Living Her Truth podcast, where we have honest conversations about what it means to live a purpose-driven life. I am your host, Lakeisha Woodard from LakeishaWoodard.com, the place where women receive the tools necessary to feel seen, heard, and supported while pursuing their purpose. And now every week, you'll learn those same tools through candid and transparent conversations. Hey family, welcome to another episode. I am so excited that you are here. I do not take it lightly that you decided to hit that play button and spend about an hour of your time with me. So with that being said, I want you to know that I'm 100% invested in your self-awareness journey. So you better believe that every week I'm bringing my A-game to provide you the tools necessary to live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. And so, as you know, for the month of August, if you are all caught up on the episodes, you know that I am taking a little bit of a hiatus. So, for the month of August, I am doing a rewind or flashback, if you will, of some of my favorite conversations here on the podcast. Last week, I debuted or re-debuted my conversation with Patrice Washington as we talked about how purpose is not an easy choice, it's a fulfilling choice. And so... I just thought it would probably be a good idea to share a conversation with you that has a lot of hope and inspiration and just encouragement in it. So for today's episode, I am um, sharing my conversation with my friend, Lenise Williams. Now, Lenise is somebody that I've been following for a long, long time. And oh my God, the massive transition that she has done over the last, what, Three years that I've been following Lanise. I think it's been about three years I've been following Lanise. Like her her story of her journey is just so amazing. Lanise is a single mom. She's a divorcee. She's pretty much a retired attorney. Um, she had a career as a very successful attorney. And I want to say that she also had her own practice. But now she has transitioned into a product-based um, company called Made Leather. And I am just so like impressed and so super proud for Lenise. And I love Lenise because she is real transparent with sharing, you know, the ups and downs of motherhood and being a businesswoman, you know, and transitioning from, you know, a secure job, if you will, to hop on over into the business realm. And I, and I just love the transparency. So because I'm very transparent, obviously I was attracted to her because of her transparency. But I want you to just hear more about how we met in the actual episode. So I'm not going to say it all here. So if you don't mind, sit back and relax and listen to my conversation with my girl, Lanise Williams. 
<laughs> you guys, I am super uber excited for two reasons. And I'll tell you that in a quick second. But let me just take an opportunity just to say thank you so much. You guys, for supporting the Living Her Truth show, for giving me all the positive feedback. You guys are showing up and showing out, and I appreciate you. You've been sharing my episodes with your family and your friends, and I really, really appreciate that. You guys, it's so much going on in the background right now. So when you give me that positive feedback, that's the motivation that I need to just keep moving forward because... It ain't easy, okay? And Lanise, is, I'm pretty sure, is going to go into that because she shares about the background. She shares the background about business all the time. So I'm sure we're going to talk about that. But I'm excited about today's episode for two reasons. The first reason is because your girl is on location right now filming. I'm in the ATL, shoddy. <laughs> Who knew season two of Living Her Truth, I will be filming on location. I am super excited about that. That just lets me know that I am reaching milestones. I have no idea where the show is heading, but I am super excited to see where we go. We, because we're going to go together. So that's the first reason why I'm excited. The second reason why I'm excited is because of this beautiful Kendrick Spirit right here. Lanise, oh my goodness, I'm so excited to sit down and have a conversation with Lanise. You guys, isn't she gorgeous? Oh, thank you. She is so, oh my goodness, she is so pretty, you guys. And so we're going to sit down and I'm going to talk to Lanise. So Lanise, thank you so much for having this conversation thank with me. Thank you invite. Yeah, thank you so much. So you guys already know that I like to start every episode talking about how I met the sister friend that I'm sitting out and having a conversation with. So at the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey, actually Lenise is one of the few Instagram accounts that I started following. Oh, yeah. yeah, when I became, well decided to, to start a business. She's mompreneur underscore Esquire. Did I get that right? Mompreneur underscore ESQ mm -hmm. on Instagram. And she's one of the first accounts that I started following just to have some type of motivation and to learn what it is that I was doing in this internet <laughs> space, you guys. And so she's also her one of her events is also one of the events that I started that I went to when I started networking. Cause at some point I was just on the internet, which is nothing wrong with just being on the internet, but I realized that I needed to come offline. You know, and just connect with women in my area. And so Lanisa's events was one of the events that I went to. You guys will find out later on in our conversation as well that Lanisa is an author. So she was on a book tour. She was doing a book tour and she was come, she came to Houston because that's where I normally air the show in Houston, Texas. She came to Houston and, um, I saw the event and I was, you know, I put it on my radar, you know, to, to go. And this particular book, which was Mompreneur, Business Babes and Balance, she co-authored with other entrepreneurs, well, mompreneurs, mm -hmm. if you will. And so another one of the mompreneurs that I was following at the time too is Tony Robbins. You probably oh, know yes. her, you know, Stiletto so Screwdrivers. Mm -hmm. Yes, she's another one of the few accounts that I was following at the time. And so, Tony was supposed to appear in Houston, you know, for that event. So, once I saw that Tony was going to be there, I was like, oh, I'm about to take it. <laughs> Two favorite people in one spot? What? I'm, Tony's amazing. I'm definitely going. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, Tony wasn't able yes, to make it. it. She wasn't able to she make it. Spirit. She was. 
She was, but I showed up anyway. I met Lanise. So freaking sweet. She was so nice. I was able to, you know, chat with her a little bit then. But, you know, the event was a, a real success for me, Lanise, because I ended up meeting best friends. Who I'm, awesome. you know, yeah, who I'm friends with now mm -hmm. that I, there were some women at the table that I connected with. Ponch, who is the founder of oh, Ponch Comments. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hey, Ponch, where is she? Is she in Dallas? Somewhere. She's right outside of, of Houston, like two two hours okay. outside, of, outside mm -hmm. of Houston, but not quite Dallas, mm -hmm. though. But yeah, so, hey, Ponch. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. <laughs> and so, Ponch and I, we're still friends, you know, to this day, because that was a few years ago. She's awesome. I love, I love Ponch, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, that's how Lanise and I met you guys, and I'm super excited. <laughs> I mean, like, who knew that I would show up at your book tour, newly entrepreneur, didn't know what the heck I was doing, just had a dream and a business card, mm -hmm. and now I'm here a couple years later and have her on my show. Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> that is amazing. I'm super excited yeah, to talk to you. So, Lenny, tell us a little bit more about you and your business. Well, um, as you said, my name is Lenise Williams. I am trying to retire as an attorney. Okay. I spoke at a career day a couple of weeks ago and I told mm -hmm. the kids, I know I don't look old enough to retire, but I'm ready to retire because I've been doing a lot of entrepreneurial things over mm -hmm. the past 15 years mm -hmm. and I'm ready to just really focus on my outside ventures as mm -hmm. opposed to my profession right now. Okay. So I am an attorney by trade. Mm -hmm. um, but I've moved into doing other things over the years. Mm -hmm. And my latest venture is a leather bag company mm -hmm. called Made Leather Company. It's um, <laughs> it's a line of bags that I have imported to the U.S. from mm -hmm. Morocco. Mm -hmm. So that is my latest baby right now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's pretty much, I mean, my, my book, Business Babies Balance, kind of mm -hmm. describes my whole life. I'm all mm -hmm. about business. Mm -hmm. I'm all about my babies. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in there, I try to find some type of balance. And that's what I do on my Instagram account is trying mm -hmm. to show other women like mm -hmm. you can have your business, you mm -hmm. can have your babies and mm -hmm. you can find some everybody's balance is different, but you can find some kind of balance in mm -hmm. it all. Mm-hmm. Yep. You guys have to follow Lenise on Instagram, mypreneur underscore ES ESQ. Mm -hmm. I was drawn to you because you are an attorney. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, I wanted to be the next Perry Mason. Really? Yes. For a long time. For a long time. And, you know, you guys know my story. That's how I ended up in Houston, because I did a year at Thurgood Marshall School of Law. Wow, yeah, yeah. I did a year in law school, got to law school, and realized that it really wasn't for me. Well, you know what? Lucky for you, you realized that your first year in law school, and not after you had spent all that time, took the bar exam and started practicing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And it's funny that you say that because for a long time I could I looked at that as a failure. Oh, no. I looked at that as a failure. It was and it was experience. It was an experience. And there was another life coach that straightened me out and told me, stop looking at that as a failure yeah. because it's not. Because she was like, I have a friend, because the life coach told me that she had a friend who went to law school and he's miserable as an attorney. So she was like, so the fact that you were able to figure that out in your first year exactly. and then had the courage to step away from it That's because it, it is. And especially for me in my situation, Lanise, I'm the oldest of like 13 sisters nice. and brothers. Yes, I have a lot of sisters and brothers. Wow. And I grew up in the projects outside of Chicago. So I'm the first generation to like graduate from high school with no babies, mm -hmm. you know, go off to college, graduate college, and then go to 
law school, like people were investing in me. I joke all the time and said that I had a client list in the sixth grade. You had a what? A client list in the sixth grade. <laughs> because that's how much people believed in the fact that I was going to become mm-hmm. an attorney. So deciding not to go back to law school was huge. It was yeah. so much weight because I felt like I wasn't just letting me down, but I was letting like the community down. And that's what happens so many times. We just as women mm. live for other people and for their opinions and oh my gosh, we're just What's my family gonna think? Yes. What are my friends gonna think? Yes. Instead of just focusing on what mm-hmm. we're gonna think and how mm-hmm. we're gonna feel after mm-hmm. the decision. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's hard. It mm-hmm. is hard. And, and to be a hundred percent honest, when I decided I to go back to law school, I was lost yeah. because that was the that was only training. goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was mm-hmm. the only goal that I had. But you know, God saw fit to mm-hmm. point me in another direction, mm-hmm. and it's not your it plan. Is. It wasn't my plan. Mm-hmm. And how often do we, you know, put a plan in place and God laughs? Yesterday, yesterday, today, <laughs> probably tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and he just laughs. And so he's just like, okay, okay. But, you know, the journey that I took to get to law school, <clears throat> I don't regret it mm-hmm. at all because it all worked out. Right. You know, it all worked out. So now I'm doing what it is that I absolutely love to do, which is sit down and have conversations. Mm-hmm. A part of what I do, mm-hmm. sit down and have conversations with beautiful sisters like Lanise to share our story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's what living her truth is all about. So, you know, with my coaching services, I coach on self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And so I coach on three aspects, discover, define, and live your truth. Mm-hmm. Living your truth, in my opinion, is probably the hardest phase because... For sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Know, it has been for me. Yes, it has been, you know, for a lot of us, I think. And, you know, just accepting who we are ourselves, flaws and all, and present that person to the world is like the hardest thing to do. Like for instance, like I just said, not returning to law school, that was hard, but I had to live in my truth, you know, and I share through my coaching, I share a lot of my personal experience with my clients. And so I created Living Her Truth as a, you know, to create a platform to bring other women on so they can share their journeys too, because I think there's power in our testimonies. And we need to share our stories. Yeah, so the problem is so many people are not transparent. Oh. So you see, especially on social media, mm-hmm. you see people posing in front of jets and um, <laughs> have their their um, designer bags strategically placed in their pictures. Mm-hmm. And so it makes people feel like, wow, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Why am I, why mm-hmm. is she making it and I'm not? And that person may not have even been able to pay their light bill. Like you just, mm-hmm. you don't know. So I think mm-hmm. people are afraid to live in their truth because mm-hmm. they see so many people that are faking it. That are faking it. And you know what? I'm gonna share something with you right now because you guys, self awareness coach, yes, show living her truth, yes. But that doesn't mean I'm immune to it. Like she say, look at other people, and that comparison bug it gets you. It will steal your joy. You know. And I remember one day that I was feeling like that. I can't remember at the time what was going on that made me started like doubting myself a little bit. And so I'm scrolling on Instagram, looking at all these other entrepreneurs was out there doing their thing. And I came across your um, IG stories. Mm-hmm. And it was a story when you were sitting in your car outside of the school that, that you had started. And it was like a 30, Instagram story long story and I sat there IGTV it should have been an IGTV but I sat there and listened to every story because you sat there and you talked about 
how you how the school failed and that like snapped me out of back in place it brought me back to reality and that's another reason why I love watching you because you're honest about you know about things like that you know can you share I'm sorry if you encourage people like I encourage people to be if it's in your spirit Mm -hmm. do it Mm -hmm. but I don't think people can make a good decision about whether or not it's something they want to do unless they know all of it. Like, had you known what you were getting into when you went to law school, you might yeah. not have even applied. Right. You know? Right. So I think people need to be more transparent and say, hey, look, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've stumbled. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't wake up and just be successful. Like, I've stumbled. I've fallen. I've laid there for a while. Like, mm-hmm. but I've got, you know, but people get back up, but they don't tell those stories. And I think people would, would respect those entrepreneurs more if they just mm-hmm. told their stories. Yeah, yeah. And I love that story that you told because you was raw in that story. You even talked numbers. Like, you talked about how you exhausted your savings, right? Yeah. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? Yeah, so I worked as a lawyer um, mm-hmm. in private practice for years. Yeah. Um, I saved the money. I had some, some good cases, some good clients. I saved the money and I moved here to Georgia. I was living in Louisiana. Oh, okay. I moved to Georgia and um, I, I always wanted to have a preschool because I mm-hmm. had a son that had been kicked out of, I don't know, he was probably, he was four at the time. Mm-hmm. He had probably been to like 10 different schools because mm-hmm. he just, we, we didn't know what was going on with him, but something mm-hmm. was going on and I, mm-hmm. and I was upset because I felt like no one wanted to help me. Mm-hmm. They were all just like, sorry, we can't do anything with your kid, he's disrupting, mm. you know, he's disrupting the environment, kicking out. And so it was hard for me as a parent because yeah. I'm like, okay, I could stay home with him, mm-hmm. but I want him to be around other kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when I'm with him, he's mm-hmm. fine. So mm-hmm. not that it was everyone else's fault, but right. but, who, but no one can help me. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I ended up finding a school mm-hmm. that was on the verge of shutting down here in Georgia. And I purchased the school, and when I purchased it, it was um, it was at a deficit. So I, I knew I was going to have to put money in every month to keep it open. Okay. But when I purchased it, there maybe it was about 20, 25 kids that were enrolled. But the building was huge, two buildings, mm-hmm. um, playground. It was a really big, it's a really big deal. Um, I invested the money, was paying the teachers, we created a curriculum for the kids, they were walking around in these little cute uniforms, <laughs> and um, I would not turn any kid away. Even a mother came there, she was transparent, like, look, my kid's been kicked out. He's, oh, he's wow. three, he's been kicked out, and I'm like, mm-hmm. like, you know exactly how she felt. Right. Mm-hmm. Bring him here, and even when the teachers would sometimes complain about those kids, like, it would hurt my feelings, because... I'm like, that's probably the way people were talking about my kid, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I just had some issues with the previous, so the previous owner sold me the business, mm-hmm. but he um, still owned the buildings. Okay. So he was my landlord. Mm-hmm. So I was paying him um, rent every month. Mm-hmm. Well, once the school started booming, I had gotten it up to maximum capacity was 112 mm-hmm. I had gotten up to 96 kids mm. so we were all we were almost there mm-hmm. and this is over the course of maybe two years or so you know of course everything takes time to grow so mm-hmm. we have the kids we have the enrollment finally it's starting to profit like I've been putting my own money in all this time mm-hmm. finally it's starting to profit and the owner comes back and says well 
I'm gonna partner with you. After she did all the hard work. See, that's the problem. People don't want to go through the process. Right. They want to get they want to get straight to the yeah. to the to the beauty, yeah. to the money, or whatever you yeah. want to call it. But they don't want to go through the process. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I said with him. He didn't want to go through mm -hmm. that process. He was ready to just. I mean, just a couple years ago, you were just ready to just. Push it off to somebody else and sell it. That, that's what he did. That's what he did. Mm -hmm. So um, I refused because I felt like, well, you should put some money in. Or how about this? How about you don't charge me rent? <laughs> the seven thousand dollar month rent. How about you don't charge me rent? Yeah. And yeah. But he didn't wasn't willing to do that. He mm. felt like, and I'm not gonna say it's a man thing, but I'm gonna say it's a man thing. Mm -hmm. He felt like I owed him something. Ooh. Not that you owe them something. I owe you nothing. How many people acted like that with you? Felt like you wouldn't yeah. owe them something. After you didn't did something great. Another <laughs> time. We're going to part two. That's part two. I'll be part two, part three. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm like, I'm having no part to that. I'm not, I'm not doing that. There's a big flood in Georgia. Um, the infant room flooded. Mm. So all the sheetrock, like everything was oh, destroyed, wow. and I couldn't have kids in that room. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's like, a health hazard. Yeah, yeah. So who do you call? Your landlord. Would not return my phone calls for a week. Of course, for a week the infant room will shut down, and you know how parents are. They're like, we can't. I can't. I know as a parent, like I can't deal with you if you're gonna be closed for a week. I have to go to work. I'm gonna just go find someplace else and, mm -hmm. and be done. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to get it fixed. So, and it cost more than my rent to fix it. Oh, wow. So I got time to pay for my rent. You know, the mm -hmm. lawyer in me is like, well, this is a deduction because yep. this was a mandatory repair. Mm -hmm. You didn't repair mm -hmm. it. I'm taking out my rent. I'm not, I'm not paying you. Right. Because I, I paid for something you should have paid for. So I did that. He files for eviction. So now we have to go to court. And I won, but it's just a simple fact yeah, of like yeah. you're just, mm -hmm. you're not playing fair. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then suddenly the fire system goes out. No one knows why the fire marshal happens to show up at the door. And what do you know? The entire fire system's not working. And in order to keep this place going, you're going to need new sprinklers, new this, new that. New that. Oh my goodness. Like, I can laugh at it now. Yes. But then it was just like, yeah, yeah. You mm -hmm. can't take it. Mm -hmm. So it just got to the point where that kept happening so many times. Mm -hmm. And um, just going back and forth, it got to be emotionally draining. Mm -hmm. Because here it is, I have to come here and show up for these kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wasn't a teacher, but I was still around all these kids mm -hmm. every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to be positive yeah. and happy and greet these parents and just put on a smile and act like everything's okay. I'm leaving my own kids or somebody else's daycare because I live wow. in a long way. So, you know, I'm not having time with my own kids, mm -hmm. but I'm loving on somebody else's kids. Mm -hmm. But I have all this other stuff mm -hmm. going on. So it just got to be an emotional roller coaster and really, really draining. Mm -hmm. And I just made the, I forget which year this was, maybe this was like 2000. I think this was like 2000. This all happened in 2013, I believe. Okay. And so, um, January 2014, mm -hmm. I woke up and I, and I got another eviction notice because uh -huh. I took some more money out of my rent. And I woke up and I said, you know, 
I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I just cannot. And I put so much money and so much time, so much blood, sweat, and tears. Um, it was like over a hundred thousand dollars of my own savings. She didn't stutter. Don't adjust your don't adjust your volume. You heard her right. A hundred thousand dollars of her own money. I won't cry. I, I don't cry about it now, but I used to because it hurt. Yes. I could have sent like it's college. Yes. I could have gone and right. created something else amazing. You know, there were so many things that I could have done, mm -hmm. and it just made me initially feel like a failure. Mm -hmm. You know, it made me feel like. I shouldn't have put all my money, all, not just some, I shouldn't have put all of my money in this. I should have been more cautious. I, from hindsight, it was 2020. Mm -hmm. It always mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I shouldn't have done it this way. I should have done this, I should have done that. And I was just beating myself up for months and months and months. I was depressed because the parents were upset with me. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're just closing down. Because what happened was, I didn't, I said I was gonna close. I told the parents I was gonna close. Mm -hmm. He came back behind me and mm -hmm. told all of them, no, she's not closing. I'm just taking over. And she didn't want me to tell you, but she didn't want y'all to find out I was taking over. So she was trying to sabotage me keeping the place open. So now these parents are thinking that I'm, because I'm not necessarily sabotaging him, I'm sabotaging their kids, you know? Right. So now all these kids that I've been loving on and watching them grow up, oh my their goodness. parents feel like they've been betrayed. Yeah. And so it was like my word again. So it made it, yeah. it made me feel even worse. Because I you know, I'm I'm kind of I'm real, you know, I'm I know as a businesswoman a lot of times you have to be cutthroat mm -hmm. but I'm still like really sensitive mm -hmm. and especially when I have relationships with people yeah. and then they get upset with me like I'm like a I'm like a 10 year old uh, I'm like probably like a girl going through puberty like <laughs> crying like, like the mean girls at yeah. school yeah. <laughs> we all can relate to that right. that's, that's how I was feeling because I'm like no matter what I say they don't Believe yeah. me, yeah. Like they don't. They don't understand what was really mm -hmm. going on. So for months and months, I was, I was not only was I upset mm -hmm. and um, depressed, mm -hmm. I was broke mm -hmm. because that was my only source of income. Yeah. I didn't put all of my money in mm -hmm. to finally make it start making or generating an income for me. And now my income that I've worked all these years to build is gone mm -hmm. along with my cushion. Mm. So, um, so that made it even worse, but I had what I always call my bathroom floor moment. I was mm. on the floor of my bathroom and I was just like, Lord, I can't, I can't do this. I can't live like this. Mm -hmm. Like I need, I need, you to, I need you to fix it now. <laughs> and um, at that moment, I said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. Yeah. And I started looking at it from a different perspective. And I said, well, you know, there were 20 kids. Mm -hmm. And we got it up to almost 100. Mm -hmm. That's not a failure. Mm -mm. Those parents, before the situation happened, those parents loved you. Mm -hmm. Those kids loved you. Mm -hmm. The people in the community loved you. Mm -hmm. Like, it was not a failure. It was truly someone. And if it was a failure, then... This person wouldn't have come sniffing around trying to take it back. So uh -huh. it took me a minute mm -hmm. to get out of my feelings and yeah. finally start to see yeah. that this was an experience, mm -hmm. not a failure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So once I finally got out of my feelings and off my bathroom floor, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I um, picked up the pieces. And what's funny was um, Instagram was really new to me. 
I, okay. I posted on Instagram, mm-hmm. but my page was private. Okay. I would just post stuff about my kids, about just, you know, regular stuff that, that people yeah. would do. Kids, things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started seeing different things that people were doing and how they were creating like a brand for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I've always been obsessed with, I didn't know what it was at the time, but mm-hmm. when I started my law firm, um, that's what I was obsessed with, the branding, the brand. marketing, mm-hmm. and everything that went along with the business. Being in court all day long is not what I loved. Okay. So that's one of the reasons why I walked away from it, because I said my true passion is really entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and building these businesses, so I'm going to go do that mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and kind of leave the legal stuff alone. That's how I felt, um, felt back then. And I still feel like that. Um, but I had to, like I said, take a step back and realize what was going on. And I started posting more things about business on Instagram because mm-hmm. that's that was my passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I would take my page off private and put it on public. And then like strangers would start liking my pictures. And I'm like, oh, this is disturbing. <laughs> put it back on private. Then the next week, I try it again. I put it on, on public. A creepy somebody somebody didn't know outside of my family or friends like a picture group. It was just it was weird. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Because so, yeah. even on my Facebook, yeah. my Facebook page has always been private because I didn't want my clients finding me. So you know, I was always used to only interacting online yeah. with people that I knew. Okay. So it was just. It was just kind of creepy, but then people started reaching out to me, mm-hmm. like, "Hey, you know, so like, because I was actually I was start to talk about the school a little bit and different things that I did, and then people started reaching out, like, "Hey, can you help me with my business?" Oh. And I was like, "Me? Okay, <laughs> like, you want to pay me for that? Okay, I, I mean, because this was before, in my opinion, mm-hmm. business coaching and consulting was right. really like a big." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna say a big deal. It's always been a big deal, but I guess more it's more prominent now. Right. Yeah. People didn't really know about right. it. Right, right. Five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um uh so I said, Okay, sure, well they wanna pay me. Um I have bills due. <laughs> My last <laughs> age is gone. Yeah. These kids looking at me like, um, we were in private school and <laughs> like what <laughs> we have a peanut butter and jelly, yeah. like you know what's yeah. going on. So um so yeah, so people started paying me for it, and I started realizing, okay, well, maybe this is something mm-hmm. that I can do. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like that's what I tell people: it all it all started from Instagram because more mm-hmm. people started to ask for help. More mm-hmm. people started asking for legal help mm-hmm. as well because they knew mm-hmm. my legal background, mm-hmm. and it turned into a whole big brand yeah. that I wasn't even necessarily mm-hmm. planning mm-hmm. Um, to create. Mm-hmm. So I just went with the flow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to. That's what you have to do. Thank you so much for for sharing that story and sharing your journey. Now you guys see why I sat there and listened to that story on Instagram. Like that's that's what I don't know about you, but that's what I need to hear. You know, not to say that I need to hear how somebody is is failing, so to speak, but I need to hear what's going on in the background. So I know that what I'm going through at the moment is temporary and a part of the process. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, and just listen to to your story. Like I said, it brought me, it snapped me out of the little funk that I was in, and it brought me back to reality. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons, the many reasons why I love following you because you are one 
of the few I feel like who really like share the behind the, like the real story behind the scenes of building a business. Number one, and then number two, one of the few business coaches that I know that actually had a business before they started business coaching. No shame. I, no shame. <laughs> <laughs> No shade at all whatsoever. But if you're going to hire a business coach, please make sure that the business coach has actually had a business. Just buy somebody else's course and regurgitate the information. Right, right, right. You know, because business goes beyond Instagram. Yes. Um, another thing that I love um, that you said too is that you went with the flow. A lot of us don't do that. You guys, I truly believe, you can tell me if you do too, that we all was born with a purpose and a calling on our life, right? We have natural gifts and talents to make that purpose come alive, right? To create the visions that we have in our mind to create and bring them to fruition. We have the natural gifts and talents. And they these talents come easy to us, but because they're so easy, we overlook them and we don't go with the flow, right? Well, with me, some of the talents that I now recognize as talents mm -hmm. or some of the information that I had, mm -hmm. I thought it was information that everybody had. I thought it was talents everybody had. Yeah. Um, and then people, you know, say, you know, you don't, you don't know that? Mm -hmm. not, you know, not to be kind of right. but like, right. you didn't know, how, you don't know how to do that? You don't know how to set this up? Like, mm -hmm. it's just, the things that came natural to me, I just, took it for granted and thought everybody knew how to do those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And see, and so don't take your natural talents for, for granted. And then, you know, there may be somebody else out there who has the exact same talent as you. But that doesn't mean that they can perform it the same way that you can, right? There's people out there who will resonate more with you than with other, than the other person who does the exact same thing as you. So you have to just like embrace who you are, embrace those natural talents, and you know, go with the flow, so so to speak. And you know, that tend to uh, isolate us from the crowd. And people don't like that. People don't like to, you know, stand out from the crowd, which is kind of crazy to me. You know, because I, I love the spotlight. I ain't even, that's just <laughs> yeah, put it on me. <laughs> Let me start here. Oh, no, no, just like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but your gifts and talents are supposed to set you apart from from everybody else, and that's completely, you know, that's completely okay. Um, Lanice has said several times that she has kids. Mm -hmm. You guys, her son, she has two sons, preteens, right? Preteens and one, teenagers. One teen. <laughs> and one preteen. Pre they are so handsome. You got some yeah. handsome boys, and they're mm -hmm. like y'all are like triplets. I've never seen their dad, but they look just like you. But there are some very handsome boys. And she followed her on Instagram, you guys. I can't stress that enough because she, you know, shares behind the scenes of her life too. So you will definitely see her sons on her Instagram. Whether they like it or not. Whether they like it or not. And she said that in the video. <laughs> she was like, I'm irritating him, so I'm going to get to keep on doing it. Just because I know I'm irritating him. I was cracking up laughing. Oh, that was sweet. I'm not a buy yet, but I love watching your stories. I be cracking up because it's, it's so funny. But no, your your boys are very handsome um, and talented because they're in sports too. Yeah, and so um, 
you know, Lavise is a mom of boys, okay? And I just want to know your opinion. How important is self-awareness for you as a mom of boys? Do you think it's just as important for you who is a mom of boys as it is for someone who is a mom of just girls? I think it's equally. I mean, just as a mom, period, whether you have boys or girls. Yeah. I think it's so important because you can't teach your children yeah. how to be, you know, how to have self-awareness and mm-hmm. how to achieve their goals and do all these different things if you aren't aware of of the, of the talents and the capabilities. Um, if you aren't aware of those things, you can't yeah. really teach that to your children. Yeah. Right? You want them to have the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And your boys, I love the fact, too, that you share the business with them, too. Like, you bring them in. At least that's what you said on your on your Instagram, mm-hmm. that you bring them into the conversations. I think one time you said that you was on a conference call and your son was under the table or something like that. Oh, always. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah when, they were, when they were younger, um, you know, I, I worked from home. And they mm-hmm. would come home from school. And I had a desk. You know, my desk was kind of like a high-top desk. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd be on calls and I'd look down and they were just on the floor. I was just, like, whispering to me. They couldn't talk loud. Whispering, <laughs> waiting for me to get off the phone because yeah. they want to eat something or they want to go outside or they want something. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I love that. And you know they're just soaking all that up. Yeah. You know that's just my youngest. Uh-huh. So I, t- I talk to both of my kids about business. Uh, or I don't even say, "Hey, let's sit down and have a business lesson." Yeah. I'll just say, "Hey, guess what happened with my clients today?" You know, people have always yeah. tease me because they say I t- I've always talked to my kids like they were grown-ups mm-hmm. um, like always even when mm-hmm. they were like one I yeah. always just talk to them like like grown-ups and so I tell them about my day I tell them about things that happen mm-hmm. and my oldest he'll listen he understands it but my youngest mm-hmm. I mean I, I really feel like he knows more about business mm-hmm. than a lot of adults mm-hmm. that I know mm-hmm. um, he, I'm trying to think of something what was that what was he talking about hmm I don't know. I can't think of it. I can't think of a specific example. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's an example. He bought um, these little plastic cases mm-hmm. for a PlayStation remote. Mm-hmm. He bought it from this website, and the website um, produced these things in China. Okay. So he paid like twenty five cents oh. for what it, for this little gadget. Okay. It took like a month. <laughs> right. Mail, right. But he got it, and he, he didn't want it anymore. Mm. So I'm gonna take it to school. Okay. I said, okay. He came home with $10. He sold it for $10? He sold it. Mm. And I said, um, why did you sell it? He was like, well, I didn't want it. He was like, mom, think about it. <laughs> it's just like your bags. You buy your bags for one price in Morocco, and you sell it for a higher price yeah. to other people. He said, yeah. I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to order some more. And I'm going to it. He I ended up um, instead getting candy, uh-huh. but he had a whole, and I made him sit down. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this might just just be candy, mm-hmm. but I want to show you, like, write down, do an inventory, write down, how okay. much, you know, what kind of candy you have, how many mm-hmm. you bought, how much, mm-hmm. staple your receipt to this paper, mm-hmm. how much you paid for the candy, mm-hmm. and then tell me, how are you going to, there's 20, 30 people at your school selling candy, mm-hmm. so what's going to make people want to buy your candy? Mm-hmm. He bought the candy plus a bag of Blue Pops. Mm-hmm. The bag of blue pops was only a dollar, uh-huh. and the candy he bought was only a dollar. Mm-hmm. He was selling the candy for two dollars, mm-hmm. but if you buy candy from me, uh-huh. you get a free, free blue pop. pop. And we did the math. He did the math, and was okay. like, I'm still making money, and more people are gonna come to me 
And he said, I told my friend, um, my friend wanted the box of candy, and I told him, you got to get it now because somebody in the next period already said that they wanted it. So if you want it, you got to get it now. I said, Evan, did somebody really want it? No. <laughs> he was like, but I have to close the deal. <laughs> I said, so you finessed. You finessed yeah, your class a little bit. He's like, yeah. Like, no shame. Just like, yeah, I did. I got my money. So, yeah, he gets, he doesn't yeah. just get, like, you yeah. get something and you sell it. He gets, like, the concept. Yeah. Behind it. Like, That's amazing. Sometimes he talks and I'm just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> how do you, how did you, I don't know. Like, I, he's just been listening and watching mm-hmm. for, um, for all these years, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm scared of what he's doing in the business world. Wow, that's amazing. You know, thank you for sharing that that example because, you know, while you're talking, what came across my mind was we have to watch what we say to our kids, okay? We have to watch what we say. We have to watch, you know, the names that we call them and things like that because, you know, um, I don't have kids yet. You guys know that. I have friends. All my friends have kids. You know, and every now and again, they be like, oh, so-and-so is so bad. And I'm like, don't say that. Mm -hmm. You know, because the more he or she hears that, Mm -hmm. then they're going to feel as though they have to live up to that. Well, that's what everyone said that I am anyway, so who cares? So who cares? You know? So this is a great example of what, you know, positivity, you know, how it can affect a child, you know, just by bringing her kids in and say, you know, hey, what's going on? Let me tell you what's going on with the business clients. And they're soaking it. They're soaking it up. You guys think that your kids don't hear things, but they hear more than you know. Exactly. Remember, you were a child at some point. How much of your mama's conversation did you hear that you, your mama don't know that you heard? Come on. Right? So we have to, especially our young boys, especially our young black and brown boys. Let me get real specific and personal right now for a minute. We have to watch what we say, you know, and we have to make sure they're going to beat them up. They're already beating them up currently, right? right? So we need to like reinforce them and and build them back up at home, right? And it's not just your job. I feel like it's my job as an aunt. Yeah. Takes a village. It takes a village. Absolutely. It takes a village. You know, another thing that you are very transparent about is that you're divorced. Mm -hmm. You know, so she's raising her boys, so so speak on on her own, but their father is is yeah, so very much involved. Yeah, very so much. yeah, very much involved. And um, you have a book that's going to drop. Yes, called "Divorce Is Not." not it's not a bad word. So, can you tell us how self awareness played a part, you know, in your life after divorce? So, when I was going through my divorce, you know, I felt like everything is his fault. Meaning mm. my, my ex-husband, everything mm. is his fault. He did this, he did this, he did this, mm. he did this, you know, mm. and I, I made a whole list in my mind of things yeah. he had done. Yeah. But after the divorce and after time passed, um, I started to look at myself mm. and I started to say, well, he did this, but maybe you could have done this differently. Or he did that, but maybe you could have done this differently. Or maybe you could have reacted this mm-hmm. way instead of that way. Not to say that that would have changed the situation. The situation, right. I mean, we may not, likely, we just aren't compatible. Mm-hmm. So it might not have changed, but it helped me decide what type of wife I want to be the next time. For your free drugs. Right. And then just being aware of what I can do to improve myself. And being aware that it's not always the other person. Mm-hmm. Because I think that makes me... You know, a better mate 
mm-hmm. for the next person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that that you you know that you share that. I have a, a similar uh, experience. I'm married now. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time married, haven't been divorced. Mm-hmm. However, uh, my now husband, when I met him, he said something to me that our previous boyfriend had said. Mm-hmm. Now I appreciate that. I do. <laughs> I do. Now I gotta look at myself. Yes, and that's exactly what happened. the The previous boyfriend said that I act like I don't have room in my life for him, so he didn't know where he stood in my life, right? And then the current boyfriend, now husband, was like, you know, I feel like I'm just an accessory. I'm I'm just a person that completes your outfit. Like, why am I here? You know what? It's over. I'm, I'm gonna go. Yes, he broke up with me, and wow. so instead of you know, well, okay, I did blame him. I did call him names, but maybe a hundred percent transparent. Maybe a hundred percent transparent. I'm sorry, honey. I love you though. I love you though, honey. I love you. We're we're in a good place now. But you know, after I got past that, you know, I had to sit down and say, okay, what's the common denominator? Me. And so I had to take a look at me. And the first thing I did was I threw away my list that I had of what the perfect man is supposed mm-hmm. to be like and act like. Because for me, I don't know if you know my story, but I was sexually abused mm-hmm. for eight years. And that list was based off or, or was, you know, created when I had that victim mindset. So I was a totally different person. And so now I'm this healed woman. You know, self-aware, self-aware <laughs> you know, so let me change my mindset and take a look at me. So thank you for sharing that because I went through the, I went through the exact same thing. And once I did that and realized that, yes, I can still be an independent woman and have a man that can come in and still take care of business. I can do both. I can be both. And so now I'm married. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it took, it took, took a while to get there, but, but when you were ready. Yes, it happens. It happens. So it's okay to sit down and reflect, you know, on self Mm -hmm. and then make the necessary changes so you can move forward. Everyone has room for improvement. Oh my goodness. Yes. Everyone. Do you think self awareness plays a part in your business? I think it does because I think, um, especially, you know, your mindset. Uh I think I had, it took me. Probably all of my thirties mm. to undo the mindset that I had from oh birth to twenty nine. Oh my god! Because it goes back to yes. you know things that you mm-hmm. experience and mm-hmm. things that people said to you. And I think it was a situation where so I'm I'm a, I'm a first generation college okay. graduate, you know, mm-hmm. first generation lawyer. Um, and I didn't have examples of that in my family. Mm-hmm. Everyone was. Paycheck to paycheck, you know, trying to make ends meet, mm-hmm. and I felt like, well, that's that's just the way it's that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Because that's you know that's what I saw. Yeah. And so I think when you have limited beliefs like that, when mm-hmm. you start making money, mm-hmm. well, at least I'll speak for myself. When I started making money, I mm-hmm. felt like somebody's gonna take it away. Like mm-hmm. something's not right. Like mm-hmm. this came too easy. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be this easy. It's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be struggling. Like mm-hmm. why? You know, it it messed with my yeah. mind. And yeah. I think if you aren't aware of the things that are going on in your mind and your mindset, yep. you can never get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Because if I can't figure out, okay, why am I having this blockage? Or you know why or why am I saying I'm gonna lose this? Because 
I deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't work hard for it because I went to school long enough to where I don't have to work right. hard for it. Right. Just accept it and mm-hmm. embrace it. And But I couldn't get to the next level mm-hmm. financially mm-hmm. until I let go mm-hmm. of the things from the past. Right. That's, that sounds really crazy. but it's No, it doesn't. I couldn't do anything about it until I actually knew what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I spent time feeling like, okay, I'm doing well. I've achieved all these things on my list, but I feel like I should have more money. Mm. And some people will say, well, you're being greedy. Like, you know, yeah. your bills are paid, you know, you're fine, but I, I'm an ambitious person. Yeah. And I always felt like I want to make more, but something was always holding me back. Mm-hmm. But I had to figure out what was holding me back. And that's yeah. what it was, just. My mindset. The mindset. You know, I'm so glad that you bring that you bring that up because mindset was something that I had to work on too. You know, I love to travel. If you guys follow me for any length of time, you know that I love to travel. I need a main bag. I need a main bag. A main, main bag. Yes. And a main bag too. And a main bag too. But we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that in a moment. Yeah. But um, you guys know that I love to that I love to travel. So my first really big international trip, I went to Germany, France, and um, London. And so I wanted to go on this trip, and I wanted to pay for it in full. We started planning like a year in advance, but I had no idea how I was gonna pay for this trip. And the one thing I did not want to do. Because I did not want to put it on my credit card. I did not want to do that, right? Because I wanted to go to Paris, shop, and come back and be debt free. So I was trying to figure out, like, I'm not going to like save up this money. And so what I did was I took a look at my finances and realized that I was buying shoes by the dozens. <laughs> I'm so serious, you guys. I was literally buying shoes by the dozen two or three, four, five times a month. And so I decided to take that money that I was purchasing on shoes to put it towards my trip. Now that sounds easy, but it wasn't. So I had to change my mindset. And what I did was I had to figure out why am I buying so many pairs of shoes all the time? Like, why is that? And I had to realize that growing up, my mom wasn't always able to buy me shoes. As a kid, always goes back to it always goes back to childhood. And I remember, like, if she was able to buy me a new pair of tennis shoes, you know, I don't know, the school year, that following school year, I probably wouldn't have gotten new pairs of shoes. So I would literally clean my shoes with a toothbrush to keep them looking as new as possible because it was a possibility that next school year I wouldn't be able to get a new pair of shoes. And so once I you know, started working in corporate America, having a paycheck, I was buying shoes. And so once I got in, you know, with, you know, changed my mindset and realized where it stemmed from, it became easier. It still took me a little while to stop, you know, well, not stop completely. Of course, I still buy shoes, mm-hmm. but just not by the dozens. And I was able to not buy shoes for a year because let me be honest, I had shoes I hadn't even worn. Okay. Let's be clear. I had shoes, but I was able to stop, you know, buying shoes for a year and put that money towards my trip. Mm-hmm. And now I have this amazing experience that nobody can ever take away from me. And so it's so crazy how I sit down with people who don't look like me and now I have something to talk about because they travel yeah. the world. Mm-hmm. So now when they talk about how they didn't went to Portugal or something like that, I can talk about how I went to Germany. Right. You know? It gives you another seat. It gives you a seat at the table. It, right. It gives me a seat at the table. And so that was just a part of me being able to just work on the mindset, like like you said. So mindset is super important, not just in business, but in your finances right. as, as well. So if there's a problem area, 
Check out your mindset. Yeah. Figure out. Get underneath that why. Yeah. Oh, why? And that's yeah. the hard part. Yeah. Like trying to figure that's it out. Scary. Mm-hmm. And then when you start figuring it out, like trying to just, you know, just dissect it all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much. It is. And you start to feel like, dang, I've been traveling all these years with all this baggage. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know I was traveling with all this baggage. Mm-hmm. 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 But you have to work on your mindset. And I know it, it's scary and it can be scary, but that's okay. It's worth it Definitely. in the end. It's worth it in the end. So I want to give you an opportunity to talk mm-hmm. about Maybags. First off, before we into this, let me, let me, let me roll out the carpet into Maybags. Let me tell you, because y'all know I follow Louise, right? <laughs> Got to do the little pop. My girl, <laughs> she does speaking engagements. And she had this amazing opportunity. Hopefully I'm getting this right. But this is how, this is how I remember it. She had this amazing opportunity to go speak in Morocco. Right? So I have a I have a speaker coach and she, you know, talks about how you wanna take advantage. Like when you go out on speaking engagements, you wanna take advantage. If you're gonna be in the area for a little while, see what the speaking engagements that you can do if it fits your schedule, right? Okay. This one right here took it to a whole nother level. She went to Morocco and had a speaking engagement and came back with a whole business. <laughs> she came back with a whole business. She was on Instagram like, I mean, what? Y'all don't even know what's happening right now. <laughs> I love to use that. I came back with a whole business. Came back with a whole business. Like, where did you do that at? In the random? <laughs> hey, look. Yeah, I, I say if you don't you, you don't see the opportunity, you know, God puts these opportunities in front of you. It's up to you mm-hmm. to turn it into something. Yeah. Or at least try to turn it into something. Right. Mm-hmm. So tell us real quickly, like how did that even So like you said, I was at the speaking engagement. Uh-huh. It was um so random. I couldn't even figure out why they even contacted me. It was a United Nations climate control conference mm. in mm. Morocco and they wanted me to talk about female entrepreneurship and climate change. Okay. That right there would have scared me. I wouldn't even went to Morocco, let alone came back with a whole business. <laughs> so um, female entrepreneurship was in the climate And they were talking about Hurricane Katrina. Okay. And how um, so many women had to like kind of take over the uh, the leadership roles in okay. the because the men were you know back yeah. lost it yeah, yeah. after Katrina. Yeah. So that's that's how I tied it tied okay. it all together. Um, but I took advantage and I went to went through the city. Mm-hmm. Loved the food. Loved mm-hmm. the people. Mm-hmm. Definitely loved the leather bags. Definitely. Um, and I had been working on a venture the year before that. It was a retail venture, but it ended up falling through with some partners. But I learned a lot about the retail industry. Um, and that's when I realized, like you know, how somebody could pay, like my son, you could pay ten cents mm-hmm. for this case and mm-hmm. sell it. Mm-hmm. For $10. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw the bags and I was amazed at mm-hmm. the quality. I was amazed at the process, the handmaking process. Um, and so I was sending pictures to friends like, look at this bag. This is amazing. I love this bag. And they were all like, bring me some back, bring me some back. But I wasn't just bringing back bags, I was bringing back business cards. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that I've learned from the venture the year prior mm-hmm. is that so many people have an idea for a business, mm-hmm. um, and especially something where they want to import it yeah. um, internationally, but they have so, so many problems finding the right vendor. So I felt like I'm going backwards. I'm here with mm-hmm. all these vendors. vendors. Mm-hmm. Let me 
take advantage of it. So I went back with cards, and on the plane ride home, I realized, okay, I can do more than just get some bags for my friends and family. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. could actually be a business. Um, thought about it the whole plane ride home, came home, mm -hmm. wrote it out, mm -hmm. um, reached back out to some of the contacts I made in Morocco. Mm -hmm. They stole my money. Did they? They stole my money. Wow. So, I mean, oh, you know, because Morocco, they're not as sophisticated as the U.S. So okay. there's no PayPal. Okay. There's no, um, you know, wire transfer to my bank. Mm -hmm. There's straight go to Western Union. Wow. Okay. In Western Union, there's no disputes. There's no, mm. um, you know, I didn't get my product, I want my money back. It's none of that. Mm. It's straight cash. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I sent some, some money for them to send me bags back. I'm still waiting on my bags. I'm still, <laughs> I still have your information. And I will come for you. But I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> but yeah, I still, still it's been years, still mm -hmm. haven't gotten my products. But I went through a couple other people, some different connections that I had, and I was able to find an even better manufacturer. The quality is, I mean, it's, it's just amazing. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, would, it would remind you of a bag that you buy from Italy. Like, yeah. it's that, mm -hmm. the quality is that great. Um, but I mean, there's been ups and downs with mm -hmm. it, you know, I, um, I'll quickly tell this story. This is the one okay. that people flip out about. I don't know if I've shared this one too much on Instagram. Um, but basically, I found a vendor. Mm -hmm. I had a manufacturer, but mm -hmm. I had a middleman. Mm -hmm. We'll call him the plug. Okay. So I had, I had the plug. The plug would get the bags made, and he would ship them to me. It was all fine when I had small quantities, but then when I saw the quality and I saw that this guy wasn't trying to steal my money, I would send him more money, and he would send me larger quantities. The quantities got so large that the shipping company was like, mm, this wow. isn't for personal reasons, this is clearly business. business. So, you know, of course, with that comes tariffs and all kind of other things you have to do with customs, and I needed a business license in Morocco in order to do mm. that. Same week mm -hmm. that all this is going on, mm -hmm. I get a call from the NFL agent that says, hey, my, um, some of my clients, including Odell Beckham, like, saw your bag, they love wow. your bag, I want to get them some bags. I don't have any inventory. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> because he can't ship me my inventory yeah. because it's too big. Mm -hmm. So it was um, right around Thanksgiving that all of this was going on. My kids were going... Um, with their dad for, this, for Thanksgiving break. Mm -hmm. So I, I they, their dad lives in Louisiana. I put them on a plane. We all got to go. I got on a plane the next day and went to Morocco by myself. Wow. I'm like, I got to go get this straight mm -hmm. because these players want these bags. They're like, we're going to post on social media. Like, this is. Oh, like, I think I remember you flying to Morocco by yourself mm -hmm. all of a sudden. Okay. Right. So I get there, meet up with the plug. Mm -hmm. um, long story short, I ended up. I ended up learning that he was overcharging me. But so I was paying him for the bag and every time I ordered, mm -hmm. I would pay him 20%, mm -hmm. you know, for doing all the mm -hmm. running and everything. Mm -hmm. Well, he was charging me more than he was paying for the bags, mm -hmm. plus 20%. Plus 20%. Plus he was telling me he had to go to Casablanca um, in Morocco to get the interior mm -hmm. for the bags. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting him plane tickets to go to Casablanca and paying for this fabric to go to Casablanca. I find out from my manufacturer, they're like, no, the fabric comes from Casablanca, but we ordered Order it, and they ship it to us. Wow! And this is how much this is how much he pays for the bags, and I'm just like, wow! He's been stealing from me. Wow! <laughs> so he then finds out that I found him out. Mm. He gets upset. 
Um, and it, it was important. Yeah, I didn't know how you gonna get upset. Exactly. How you gonna get upset? Threatened to, shut my, threatened to shut my business down. He, and it was a mess. It was to the point where I was so scared because he was he was so aggressive mm-hmm. that I got on a plane the next morning and was out. It was oh wow, it was, that's serious. It was bad. Oh wow. Um, but one good thing or mm-hmm. the the best thing that mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. was that I was able to meet the people that make my bags. And now I have a relationship with them. I'm not just like, oh, that's Lenise in Atlanta. She's placing an order. It's that's Lenise, the person that comes and she sat down with us and ate with us and told us all about mm-hmm. herself and her mm-hmm. business and her life. You know, like mm-hmm. we, we have a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I feel like mm-hmm. when you have a manufacturer, mm-hmm. especially someone in, in another country, mm-hmm. that relationship will help you so much more than just being some random person ordering Mm -hmm. from them. So it works out because, and and so they ended up shipping, and they told me, we could have shipped your bags a long time ago. You didn't have to come here, but he didn't want you to have our address, because they had all the license in place. He didn't want us to have your address, and um, he didn't want you to have Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. He didn't want us to know each other. To know each other. He wanted to stay in the middle. he was mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, funny story, I uh, ended up having to stay in New York because, you know, I came back all of a sudden. So, I got stuck in New York for a day or two. And my bags made it to Atlanta. Before you did? Before I did. And they were like, we could have done this a long time ago. But that's the best lesson is to just go to wherever your stuff is made and try to cut out the middleman because that that changed my margins. That changed wow. the game. Yeah, that was a game changer. I was like, this is going to be real profitable now that he's out of the picture. So, yeah, so it worked out to my advantage, even though, you know, I'm glad I lived to tell about it. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, but it, it really worked. It worked to my advantage. I was able to get the bags. Um, get the bags, pack them up, send them to the athletes. Mm-hmm. They started posting on social media. Then How long did it take? Between them get, getting the bags and posting, uh, and from from the time they reached out to you um, and to them posting, probably about six weeks. It was six weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, four, about four four to six weeks. Um, yeah, because we started early November, and then yeah, probably about six weeks. Okay, mm-hmm. so it worked out perfectly because it was towards the end of their season. You know, their season. That's why I was trying to rush. Like people aren't going to be paying attention to them. <laughs> In March, like yeah, they're watching yeah. basketball, mm-hmm, they're not concerned mm-hmm. about these players on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But they posted it and they tagged me, and my following went up. And I, you know, my, my, I had so many more um, subscribers on my email mm-hmm. list. Like it changed, it changed the game. Wow! How can we? How can the 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 viewers like connect with you, reach out to you, and get them a made bag? So you mentioned Instagram, mompreneur mm-hmm. underscore esq. Um, and then I have a website, which is Lenise Williams, L-E-N-I-S-E Williams dot com. And then for Made Leather, you can follow that on all social media platforms at Made Leather Co. C-O. And the website for that is MadeLeatherCo.com. This was fun. Yes, it was. Thank you. And thank you so much for being transparent. Yeah, because that's what the show is all about. You was very transparent today, and I thank you. 
listening to Elisa's story has me over here reflecting over my own self-awareness journey. And listening to her is a great reminder that I'm not the only one out here who's getting bumped and bruised along this journey called life, along this journey of entrepreneurship. There are other people out here, men and women, who are doing their thing, who are tripping and falling and getting right back up and they're succeeding and their success is outweighing their failures. But even if it wasn't, they're not allowing their failures to dictate whether or not they're going to continue to operate in purpose. They're not letting their failures dictate whether or not they're going to continue in the path, continue on the path that has been put in front of them. And this is what I hope you are taking away from Lenisa's story as well. It doesn't matter if you are a divorced mom. It doesn't matter if you are a divorced dad. You can still rebuild your life, but it's going to take some self-awareness. It's going to take you having the, the discernment to see opportunity in front of you and having the confidence to pursue that opportunity to its fullest, to see where the opportunity leads you. And if it leads you down a path that you didn't necessarily want to take, then that's okay. Use it as a learning experience and don't use it as, look at it as a waste of time, right? Because everything that you go through is literally preparing you for your next season. So I really hope that you have received some inspiration from Lelisa's story. I would love to hear um, your thoughts about this episode. Please leave them in the comments below. Family, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast every week. If you need support on your self-awareness journey, please head on over to LakeishaWater.com forward slash coaching for more information. Also note that all Audible recommendations are linked in the show notes and you can try Audible for free. Please remember to leave a five-star rating, a comment, and share with everyone you know across all your social media platforms. Because as you know, family, I've set a really lofty, scary goal to touch one million hearts within the next two years. And I can only do it with your help. So please remember to download each episode, share and talk about living her truth with everyone you know. All right, family, I appreciate you. My heart is filled with so much gratitude. And until next time, always remember that you are enough and your truth is beautiful.